Hello, women's hockey fans. Welcome to another episode of the Founding Four podcast. We are here kicking off episode six of season three. And this is the perfect 10. The perfect 10, yes, that is referring to the Boston Pride, who are 10 and 0 to start the 2019 2020 season. They got their 10th win on November 30th. Haven't even played yet in December, but they are at the top of the table. But we'll get into that. As you know, this is the Founding Four podcast, our weekly NWHL-centric women's hockey show. I am your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala. The Founding Four podcast is part of my Patreon community, Sports Talk with ELA. Thank you for all the patrons who make this possible. We host the Founding Four podcast on Transistor FM, which then shoots that out to wherever you're listening, and also over on YouTube. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. You can follow the Founding Four podcast at Founding Four Pod. You can follow me directly at elindsay08. But let's get into the week. So ahead of the perfect 10 and 0, the perfect 10, that's the name of this episode. First, we had some news. Anna Keys signed with the Riveters. Now, Anna Keys had been on a PTO with the Riveters before. And then just as the Riveters are coming off of what essentially was like a month long, I believe Sam Walther told me 32 days exactly of inactivity. They hadn't played in a while, but then they get defender Anna Keys. She is from Minnesota State. Um, she was on a PTO with the Riveters, so it wasn't her debut this weekend, but it was her first time officially on the roster. So Anna Keys joins up with the Riveters. The Riveters had two games after being off for 32 days. First, they took on the Boston Pride at Warrior Ice Arena, so in New England. They were on the road Saturday and then drove down from Boston to Danbury Ice Arena to take on the Connecticut Whale. But first, let's get into, again, that perfect 10. That perfect 10 for the Boston Pride comes at home. The Boston Pride got a 5-2 victory over the Riveters. Okay, and and I was on the call in Connecticut. We'll get to that game in a little bit. But I did hop on to... Um, I hopped into the chat on Twitch for the last part of this game. Now, I know last week, if you listened to last episode, I said I had a good feeling. I felt that if a team was going to snap the unbeaten streak for the Boston Pride, that it could definitely be the Riveters. Well, I didn't say it was going to be last weekend. I just said it's very possible that the Riveters can do it. And in fact, they scored, they get on the board first. And the only team to do that this year, to score first on Boston, is the Riveters. It was uh, Leary getting that first goal, but Boston does what, what, what Boston does. And they eventually come back. And win that game 5-2. to two. We saw Lovisa Salander return in net for the Boston Pride. And um, we see actually that Mary Parker, we're going to talk about her a little bit more, but Mary Parker was the NWHL VEDA Player of the Month. And she really ended 
November, uh, just as she had played through it. So we'll get into that a little bit more. So that's Saturday, 5-2 win for the Boston Pride. They will be at the Riveters on Saturday. So we get that rematch on Saturday. Uh, so then the Riveters, they get that win, or excuse me, the, the Boston Pride get that win on Saturday. As I mentioned, I was on the call. The Connecticut Whale hosted the Buffalo Buttes and played the Buffalo Buttes for the final time this season, and they fall yet again. They fall again to the Buttes. It looked like it could be a close game at the beginning, but eventually it ends as a 6-2 victory, a 6-2 win for the Buttes on the road to close out that series. You know, that game got away from the Connecticut Whale, but I want to hear Jane Morissette talk about it. She got an amazing goal in this game. Uh, it, it was, uh, well, we talk about what it, what it looked like a little bit, Jane and I, but Matt Falkenberry, who was on the call, he and I uh, really, really liked the goal. Uh, so we talked to Jane about the goal, but she also talks about some of the frustration about essentially only seeing one team, what it's going to take to bounce back from this loss uh, and get ready to face the Riveters. So first we're going to hear from Jane Morissette and then we'll go into an interview with Rochelle Skarbowski from the Buffalo Buttes. But Jane Morissette from the Connecticut Whale and then Rochelle Skarbowski. Eric Ayala here with Jane Morissette. Now it's after a tough loss, so I'll give you a little grace. But but first, I, I got to let you know, the Twitch broadcast was blown up over your goal. First that saucer pass, then yeah. you basically bunted it in. Yeah. <laughs> what did you see on that? I just saw the lane to take in the middle. Like uh, our coaches tell us all the time at practice, drive, drive, drive. And I'll give it to Elena, number 18, just sauced it right over and just choked up on my stick and whacked it in. Beautiful. So, so you know, do, do you think it was more of a bunting move? Also, some people have been calling it lacrosse. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used to play softball and lacrosse, so it might just be a combination. Of a little bit of hybrid there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll go with it. We'll go I with it. Blanked at the same time, so we'll go with that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But um, you know, something that I noticed about this game, you know, even putting the goal to the side, is that it seemed like Connecticut started out really strong. Yeah. A lot more aggression than we've seen from. Yeah this team to start so so uh, what were some of the conversations leading up to this game that kind of led to that quick start I mean from our last game when we hosted Buffalo here we were just kind of all over them um, we were trusting the process we were trusting one another um, you know we always kept our feet moving just all the good things that we were doing and I think we kind of got away from it as the goal started to go in the back of our net which my coach from high school used to say don't let your highs get too high and your lows get too low so I think from here on out, it's all about finding a way to get out of that hole that we set for ourselves. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, when you were playing at your peak today, yeah. some of the things that you saw were, though, that not only were, were you connecting, because there's some pretty crisp passing that you yeah. saw, especially on that first power play. Yeah, yeah. But you're also being physical. Yeah. And I think that that's something that this whale team definitely has in the arsenal, but it's not always deployed. Right. Um, you know, how do you think uh, being able to play, you know, a controlled physical game might be able to really um, open up some of this team? I think it just comes back to kind of keeping our feet moving. You know, we can play the body all we want, but once that puck's released, we have to move our feet to kind of pin the next body. So just an ongoing cycle there. 
for sure. And you get this homestand. You won't see Buffalo tomorrow, but you'll... <laughs> I know. Everyone's like, oh, give us another... Anybody. Anybody. <laughs> team to play. I'm not going to knock them for that, but... You play the same team so many times and you don't get the result that you want. It's kind of fun to pack it in and say goodbye to them. So <laughs> I can imagine, for sure. Well, it's a quick turnaround, but you do get a new team. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it sounds like that's definitely something that you're excited about. And I know you're new to this team and to the league, but these two teams have had some epic battles in I, the past. I've seen some videos. <laughs> yeah, I... I remember Fracken just set off a fight. One was it the first year, maybe? It was. You know, battle of the the good cities. So, <laughs> I don't know. We're excited. We're excited for uh, Connecticut ourselves to show off who we are, and we're excited to see what the Riveters are about. And as you look forward to that game, I mean, when it is a back-to-back, you don't have to travel, but it's still, you know, getting home after today getting all your process together. I mean, you know, what what are some of the things that you do when you have to prepare for a back-to-back to make sure that physically and mentally that you're ready to hit the ice tomorrow? I mean, for me personally, it sounds weird, but chocolate milk always helps. Um, you know, it's just about hydrating, eating properly, getting a good night's sleep. So it's all the little things again. For sure. And it helps that we're not on a bus. Absolutely, for sure. Any other things you want to really see the team be able to focus in on and and uh, make sure that you're you're working on in order to play the type of game that you want to play, regardless of the opponent tomorrow? Um, we talked about it in the locker room with Colton and Laura, our coaches, uh, just finding our identity and sticking to that and trusting the process. I think sometimes, like I said before, we stray away from what we know best and we just let the other team kind of dominate. So I think tomorrow with a fresh start, new team, We're just going to show them what Connecticut Well is about. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Erica. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Hi fans, Eric Ayala here. Thank you again for listening to the Founding Four podcast. This is an independent run podcast for the first time in its three season history. So we appreciate any support that you are able to give to the Founding Four, which is hosted by Transistor FM. The Founding Four podcast lives on Transistor FM and any contributions, monthly contributions to the Sports Talk with ELA Patreon page go to the upkeep, the monthly upkeep for having our podcast on Transistor FM. If you're not into that Patreon life, you can also head over to at Founding Four pod and we have a link. You can make a direct donation via PayPal. So thanks again for listening in and let's get back to the show. I spoke to Rochelle Skarbowski right before uh, the 6-2 win. Um, Kelsey Newman was going to start for this game. You'll hear her. uh, She makes a little cameo here in my interview with Rochelle Skarbowski. Um, But you'll hear, you know, Rochelle talk about just what this team was feeling coming off of that big weekend that they had against Minnesota. They didn't sweep Minnesota, but they had to come back in both of those games. They were um, 
just shy of the comeback on Saturday, but then they were able to get that 4-3 win. We talked about that on last episode for Sunday. So Rochelle talks about that, the momentum, but also that there are things that the team knows that they can work on coming out of that. So here is my interview. This is before Saturday's game with Rochelle Skarbowski of the Buffalo Buttes. Okay, here with Rochelle Skarbowski uh, with the Buffalo Buttes. First, I want to talk about last weekend seemed like an intense, I was almost like I had a little FOMO watching instead of being there live, but it seemed like it was a pretty high-intensity matchup that you had with the Whitecaps, uh, both nights having to come back and ultimately on Sunday being able to get that win. But what stood out to you from from playing that Minnesota team at home and then again getting that, that victory on Sunday? Yeah, well, you're definitely right. Excitement start to finish on that one there. Well, both of them there. Um, what stood out was just the way we responded as a team. Uh, Coach does it all the time, and I think as a group, we just really showed our character through that game and able to come back, uh, especially in the second one, and get the win in front of our fans was a um, really great reward for all our hard work. Uh, from the beginning of the season through. So, yeah, being able to bring that energy home was really great. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, you yourself are no stranger to upstate New York, (laughs) being from there, playing from there. Um, But I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on this Buttes team. You've been on the road a lot. So, you know, when (laughs) when you finally get to play at home, I mean, what's that environment been like so far? Oh, yes, it's so nice to be home. And our fans are the greatest. They bring so much energy and being able to play in from all these familiar faces not only our family members but people that come out and support our practices and everyone just faces that we see often that's so exciting for us and yeah it's, it's definitely nice to not have to get on a bus every single weekend to go play your games being at home and being able to show up for people that are um, you know putting in their support day in and day out is really uh, really great for us. Yeah, and, and again, you're you're not a, a stranger to upstate New York, but this is your first go-round, not only with the Buttes, but in the NWHL. So coming in uh, as a rookie this year, there's been obviously, we know, lots of changes to the league and to women's hockey, but um, what were your expectations? And kind of so far as we reach, uh, you know, somewhat of a, a midway point, um, how, how has the experience been in, in actuality? It's been amazing. I think that I I didn't have too many expectations. I'm just really grateful to be playing. Uh, I did take some time away after my college career, you know, kind of get back physically a little bit there. So expectations, I just was excited to get going playing hockey again and being around the environment, the girls, coaches, fans again, everything just is so exciting. And I've had nothing but good experiences, especially with our team. We say it often, but we we meshed very quickly and it's uh, become a little bit of a family, which is really nice to have again uh, in the hockey community. So yeah, not too many expectations, but it's definitely been such a great ride. The Buttes have been in every single NWHL final, yes. so that just goes to show you, you know, how this team can finish out. But I am curious about what that process is. You alluded to it a little bit, but coming in, lots of new faces, people, again, the last time they hit the ice at all varying levels. What has that process been like for you, and, and what do you feel have been some of the more successful steps that, that uh, the team and maybe even some of the leadership on the team, the captains and the coaches have done to really solidify this team? Yeah, we were lucky having so many people from different backgrounds, like you said, coming together and 
honestly, it, it wasn't anything that was too forced. It really just kind of happened naturally, and we're, we're really lucky to have just gelled together like we have, and uh, coaches are nothing but you know supportive and positive and they they get out there they make us work which is great and uh, I think as a team just you know having kind of some of the same sacrifices we have a lot of girls coming in from further away they put a lot of time commitment into driving into practice and late nights and putting in that effort just something kind of bonds everybody together and uh, working hard out there for practice and getting ready for games always you know builds that uh community among the team and that definitely helps and like I said it kind of came pretty naturally and we hang out outside of uh, the rink too that helps definitely earlier on in the season when we did have our home game we were able to get together and um, really be around each other outside of the locker room so that that helped a ton too and I'm sure there are always personalities that come with every team as you're building it up. So before I get you out of here, we'll have a little bit of fun. And I'll, I'll give like a character trait and then you'll tell me a, a name on the team that you think best fits that. Okay. All right. <laughs> so if you had to say, you know, the person coming into the locker room, whether it's practice or especially on game day, that's going to just, you know, pump on the tunes and really get, get the party started. Who's that for this Buttes team? Becky. (laughs) She's always, always our DJ, always gets it going. So she's such a great character to have. Okay. Uh, If the team is maybe not performing the way that they want, again, in practice or in a game, who's that player that's going to come into the locker room, look everyone right in the eye and just like, you know, nail it down, get everyone focused again? Our captains are great with that. Um, Can always count on them for a pick-me-up, but I think especially uh, Kersey sticks out to me as kind of the the kick in the butt that you need sometimes but it's it's at the perfect time and it gets us going but yeah all the captains are really great at that and you know bringing the team up when we need it Kelsey Newman I know will get the start today she started uh, last time you played Connecticut and uh, I heard that there's a a tradition like a karaoke tradition on the bus that happens Uh, so who would you say uh, you think that they probably you know could hold their own in a karaoke competition who do you think has the best pipes on the team I don't know. We were all pretty, pretty uh, <laughs> memorable on that one. I would say uh, Brooke put on pretty good show for hers, and uh, you know, even our GM Mandy, she she held her own quite well. So it's like between those two. All right, and then uh, we'll leave you on this fun one. Who's the player most likely to leave something? Their equipment, or you know, who's who's most likely to leave something and have the whole bus turn around for it? That's a tough one. I'd say Kim, maybe. <laughs> Kim. <laughs> All right, we have to vet these with the rest yeah. of the team. Yeah, right? Don't quote you. Right yeah, <laughs> we'll just we'll delete this from the podcast. Yeah. Not deleting it at all. Oh, Nguyen's got something. <laughs> She was in my roommate this weekend, so, you know, we're bringing that energy big time today. Yeah. There you go. There you- <laughs> okay, again, re- thank you to Rochelle Skarbowski. Had some fun with her at the end there, getting to uh, put her on the spot and ask about her teammates. And you heard Newman there who got that start, got her win, uh, got a win. So that's her second win, both against the Connecticut Whale. But it does seem as though the Buffalo Buttes, maybe more so than other teams so far, we talked about this last weekend, uh, the, bus- the Buffalo Buttes and the Boston Pride have been the two teams that have 
uh, shown a little bit of flexibility and trust in their other netminders uh, other than their starter for the majority of their games. So good for Newman getting that win. Okay, so the Buffalo Buttes and the Boston Pride only played Saturday, then they rested for the rest of the weekend, at least here in the Northeast. It got a little cold and flurries and, you know, ice and rain on Sunday, but we made it. We made it to Danbury Ice Arena for the first matchup between the Metropolitan Riveters and the Connecticut Whale. Expected a lot from this game. Expected this kind of to be the game to watch. Two teams really wanting to get a regulation win, needing a regulation win, going up against each other. But I honestly, and I was on the broadcast, talked about this a little bit. I thought both teams kind of they, they didn't play up to their potential. I thought the, the game was slow, a little bit sloppy at times. Lots of penalties. My goodness, lots of penalties. Now, I had said in my preview, and I think last week on the podcast, special teams were going to be very important. I didn't know they were going to be that important. Let's go back. I just want to go back to the box score here. Let's see what we had for penalties. My goodness. Uh, you know, it, it, it just was never-ending yeah, we had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15 penalties, including an unsportsmanlike conduct, 10-minute misconduct to Kayla Menigan. Yikes. Not good. Not good at all. Uh, it got a little bit chippy. I think both teams were not, not even just frustrated. They kind of looked tired they looked um like the mind and the body weren't necessarily moving at the same speed and it was a little bit sloppy like I said so anyway it is Sam Walther up against Sonia Shelley in this game and it would be Sam Walther who gets the win an amazing goal to get things started Madison Packer just you know on on the breakaway able to get past Sonia Shelley, makes a great individual play, gets things started early within the first five minutes of the game. Then you see Brooke Baker shorthanded. She gets her first professional goal. That's in the third period. So it was one nothing through the first and the second, and then we get two goals in the third period, one from the Riveters, Brooke Baker, and Emma Vlasic gets on the board late. The Connecticut Whale had pulled Sonia Shelley. They had an extra skater, but then they, they got a penalty. The last penalty was at was the was the Menigan penalty at 1928. At 1928. And the one before that at the 1040 mark in the third period. So taking penalties in a in a one goal game late in the game, that's tough. That's just tough. There were a few times throughout the game. There was one time the, the Connecticut Whale, I think it was their second or third power play. They get, get they get Madison Packer in the box, definitely someone that you want off of the ice. And then Doyle, Shannon Doyle uh, gets a penalty. So just, just looking forward to both of these teams hopefully being a little more well-rested. The Riveters get the 2-1 win over the Connecticut Whale. They're going to see each other again on Sunday. Now the difference is the Connecticut Whale will be rested they are not playing on Saturday they do not have a game on Saturday so that means that the Riveters will play at home they play Boston at home on Saturday and then we'll have a quick turnaround because Sunday's game 
at Danbury Ice Arena is at 1.30. They played at 4.10 last weekend. So it's going to be a quick turnaround. Don't know what the weather is going to be like, but the Riveters are going to have to stay sharp. And the Whale need to take advantage. They know this team now. I can't imagine that they feel comfortable or feel confident that they put their best foot forward, so to speak, on Sunday. So really looking for them to jump out early. A high tempo practice is something that we heard Sam Walther and that Evo had talked about last time I went to Riveters practice. I went to Riveters practice Tuesday, very high tempo. So they're trying to they're trying to get strong legs, trying to get the conditioning up so that when they have these back-to-backs, especially when you have a home game and then you have to go up to Connecticut on the road, um, that's what the Riveters are trying to do. But let's not have me talk about it. Let's hear from Brooke Baker. She talks a little bit about that goal. She does a great job breaking down what she saw on the goal. And again, what the team is doing, knowing that they have another weekend of two games. Um, but let's start with, uh, you got your first professional goal yeah. on Sunday against Connecticut. Let's, you know, ask the, uh, traditional question of what'd you see out there? <laughs> um, uh, I thought that our team was in like a little bit of a slump in the first and second period and Evo came in the locker room and was just uh, trying to tell us to get our feet under us and so we can win the period, win the period, we win the game. Um, I think Kendall and I went out for the first shift on the PK or maybe the second shift and I think her and I just had a lot of momentum going and her and I have been killing a lot this year together. So. Um, and Kendall was in the corner, and I was like, oh, well, well both the players are down there, so I'm going to stay in front of the net, and she just passed it to me, and I um, saw a five hole, and I put it in. And it worked out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Excellent. I do want to talk to you a little bit about what was discussed during that game. It looked like both teams on Sunday were, as you said, trying to get their feet under them. Yeah. The pace was not necessarily what the, at, at the highest pace that we'd seen from either team. Um, mm-hmm. What were some of the things outside of the goal, which you just walked us through, but what was uh, the focus um, and, and what was the team really trying to do to, to make sure you get that win? Because it was a tight game. I think we were all just trying, since we had a month off, like it was hard to get back in two games in a row. So that was also our second game, and plus we played Boston first. So that was definitely a bagger um, game. So really the goal was to just everybody do their own job out on the ice and work your hardest and um, win each period. Yeah, for sure. So we hopped right into your last game, but this is also your first year in the NWHL. Um, did you have any expectations coming in, and uh, how is being with the Riveters matching up to that so far? For sure. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I know a couple of my friends that played, but I never really got to chat with them that much about it. And I kind of just went in with an open mind because I knew Kendall and Mal were both playing, which were my former teammates. So that definitely made the transition easier for me to come play in the NWHL. And everybody on the Rivers were so welcome, Kate and Evo, helping me out. And it just worked out that I had a good living situation with um, the Cornides being only 30 minutes from here. So I was really eager to come here and play, and I felt really at home right away. So that was really exciting for me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you mentioned RIT. Well, that's where you went to school. And, and uh, I did a little research on your on your bio. You know how they do like that personal yeah, bio. Yeah, yeah. So there's two things that stood out to me uh-huh. that I thought would be fun to chat about. One, especially it's a holiday season. And you said your favorite holiday is Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Why Christmas? Because I just love 
I think it's because I've been gone on a way at school for four years, so every time I go home for Christmas, it's the first time I go home, and I get to see everybody, and that makes it that much more special. But just being able to spend time with my family, actually, and this summer or this Christmas, we're going to Key West, so I'll be with my family on Christmas Day in Key West, and that's my dream because I don't really love snow, but I do do love being with my family on Christmas for sure. That's my favorite part. Excellent. All right. I was going to ask you if you have any Christmas traditions and how are they going to translate in a warmer climate? (laughs) Yeah. So our Christmas traditions are really just my grandmother comes over at like 7 a.m. and we have breakfast and open presents super early. Um, Even when my brother and I, who's uh, he's 24, have been older, we always wake up super early and wake (laughs) up and open our presents. So that's usually our tradition. But um, I think our tradition this year will probably be like last Christmas, we were in Key West again. We just um, wake up, have a nice breakfast all together as a family, and we'll probably like ride around on the mopeds in Key West and then lay out in the, right next to the ocean. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And then the final thing I wanted to ask you about, it, I think the question was something about like a historical figure that you'd want to meet. I'll, I'll, I'll remix it a little bit. If you could bring like three people, living or dead, to a dinner party, let's put it in Key West. So you're on the beach okay. having a good time. Who would be three people, influential people, that you'd want to just kind of, you know, hang out with? Um... Can they be, like, professional hockey players? Can be whoever you want. I would definitely bring maybe, like, Sidney Crosby, have a conversation <laughs> with him. Maybe Packer. I think she's pretty influential. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> oh, that's for sure. You might I don't know. I think back. with those two alone would honestly have a good time. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, Packer's like, yeah, you, know, you gotta watch out for her. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thanks for your time. It was yeah. great meeting you. Yeah, you too. All right. Thanks for Brooke Baker. And she also gave us a little bit of a a new family tradition, it sounds like. Her favorite holiday is Christmas. We're just up, the Christmas season is now upon us. The holiday season in general at the end of the year is upon us. And Key West, yes, please. I would like to be somewhere warm for this winter holiday season. Snow is not my thing. But here I am covering ice hockey. Go, Go figure. That makes me laugh all the time. Anyway, thanks to Brooke Baker, and we'll catch Brooke Baker and Jane Morset in action. I'll be on the call this Sunday at Danbury Ice Arena, and if you can't come up to Danbury, which there's a great deal on NWHL tickets, you should check that out. If you can't come to Danbury Ice Arena, then check us out on Twitch TV. I'm known to sing every once in a while. Added bonus, if you come to the games, not only can you witness me singing, but also dancing, so... I'm not saying that you, I mean, I'm not telling you how to spend your money, but also it's a good time. It's a good time. (laughs) All right. So again, just the breakdown in case you missed it is on Saturday, December 7th, the Metropolitan Riveters host the Boston Pride for the second time this season. That's going to be at Pro Skate in New Jersey. 7 p.m. is the puck drop. And also... The Riveters are hosting a toy drive. So if you are coming and you're able to bring an unwrapped uh, present, a, a holiday toy, the Riveters would appreciate that for their toy drive. Then on Sunday, December 8th, we have the Riveters heading up to Danbury once again to take on the Connecticut Whale. That's a 1.30 p.m. start. These are the only teams. So yet again, we have an all-founding four weekend. The Buffalo Buttes are not 
playing this weekend. They're also, of course, the fourth member of that founding four, but um, neither are the Minnesota Whitecaps. The expansion team that joined up last year also happened to win their first title last season. So that's what we got there. Mentioned Sam Walther. She is the NWHL VEDA Player of the Week. She made 38 saves against Boston on Saturday and then another 33 shots she faced against Connecticut on Sunday. On Sunday in particular, that was not a great game overall for either team, as I've mentioned. I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but honestly, it, it, it looked true. It looked to be true. I got to tell the truth. It, it hurts, but I got to tell the truth. Um, neither team looked pr- particularly sharp. So the fact that Sam Walther and Sonia Shelley, I mean, were able to really do their thing, um, that was important to both teams. But we're going to talk about Sam. She's the player of the week. She... Um, she was able to put out seven consecutive power plays. As I mentioned, lots of penalties. So she was able to put up goose eggs, zeros, uh, for the Connecticut Whale, or she was able to keep the Connecticut Whale off the board on seven power play opportunities. Um, and then almost was very close to a shout out. I know a lot of folks in the Twitch chat were getting on me for the, you know, the, the broadcaster's jinx. I said last week, I don't believe in jinxes. You know, these players, the defenders are elite defenders. The scorers and forwards are elite scorers and forwards. I'm not taking credit for anything that they do successfully to help their team win. So... That's how I feel about the broadcaster jinx. But Walther does not get the shutout, but she gets the win. And over on the weekend, she had a .922 save percentage and has had at least, at least, and 33 is definitely least, at least 33 saves in all of her last five starts per the NWHL press release. All right. So... Not only do we get a player of the week, but because last Saturday was November 30th, we're officially in December right now, we also get a player of the month. This is the first year that the NWHL is doing player of the month. In October, it was McKenna Brand. In November, it is Mary Parker. My goodness, Mary Parker. Let's just talk about this. So as we mentioned, this is the perfect 10 episode, 10 and 0 for the Boston Pride. Mary Parker has scored six goals and earned a primary assist in the last three games, in her three games in the month of November. Six goals, including a hat trick. She got a hat trick last time I was up with Sam Fryman on the call at Warrior Ice Arena. Seven points in her last eight games, Mary Parker. She's third in the league in goals with eight. That's behind, of course, McKenna Brand and Brooke Stacy as a, uh, a few. She has eight goals for third overall in the league and is also third in shots on goal, 50 shots on goal. She also is getting it done defensively. She blocked four shots and registered five takeaways. Uh this month so interceptions inter is it takeaways i never heard it i never heard it said like that i'm showing that i'm new to hockey takeaways like steals do you call it is it an interception a takeaway or a steal i got takeaway from the press release so 
but like you know how sometimes you write things and it's more like slang it's like uh you know a synonym it's a fun sports synonym that you can put in place of the actual terminology i honestly never really thought about that i'm thinking about this live as you're listening steals takeaways interceptions broken passes ah, okay hey mike mike the stats man maybe we need a special name for that stat do you know mike named a stat after kelly stedman amazing amazing i think we need i think we need that mike all right so where does that leave us in the standings, well, we already know the Boston Pride are a perfect 10-0. and 0. They have 20 points on the season. The Buffalo Buttes in 10 games are 5-4-1. That overtime win, that leaves them at a win percentage of 60%, 600, and 12 points. The Minnesota Whitecaps, the defending Isabel Cup champions, eight games in are four and three they also have an overtime loss nine points on the season just above 500 at 563 for win percentage then you have in fourth place the riveters in seven games they are one five one one win five losses one overtime win for a 0.286 win percentage and the connecticut whale in nine games are oh and eight with a 056 win percentage. Yikes. So the Connecticut Whale have fewer games in hand than the Riveters, who's kind of who they're they're vying for for that four and five spot. The the Riveters have that four spot right now. The fourth and fifth place teams will likely play a play-in game because at least historically everyone in the NWHL makes the playoffs. So we'll see how that goes. Um, quickly, quickly, other news. If you want to learn more about Rochelle Skarbowski, who, you know, we heard from her on this episode, go check out Nate Oliver's latest for the hockey news. She's a Western New York native. Learn a little bit more about her. Of course, always go check out the nine newsletter. We are going to have some coverage of the rivalry series. The USA Hockey Hall of Fame is coming up. Lots of things. So not just NWHL related. The PWHPA just had a showcase at Princeton. So check out the Nine newsletter. comes out every Fridays. You can head over to the Nine newsletter on Twitter. That's me who writes the the hockey edition. But we have five women's sports that we cover for five weekdays. It's soccer on Monday, tennis on Tuesday, women's basketball on Wednesday, golf. I've been learning so much about golf on Thursdays. And then Fridays is hockey with me. So check out the nine newsletter. Of course, you always want to go check out the Ice Garden. Go check it out. The Ice Garden as an alum, a founding uh, staff writer there. Had a good time and uh, always appreciate the work that the Ice Garden does. 
Anyway, so we're going to close this out. Thank you again to, we had Brooke Baker on the show. We had Jane Morset on the show. And of course, Rochelle Skarbowski on the show. Who do you want to hear from? Who have we not? I've got lots of players to talk to. I'm, I'm, I got a lot of work to do, but let me know who are some of the players that you want to hear from. Make sure you are tweeting at founding for pod if you have any questions you can also use hashtag founding for pod if you have any questions that you'd like me to answer if there's some players that you think that i should be having on the podcast let me know let me know what you think as always please like share subscribe subscribe rate and review we want more eyes on women's ice hockey then we have to support the people that are there through and through i'd like to think i'm one of those people but i know i'm not alone that's why the hockey writers i try to promote i try to promote the ice garden there's lots of other people we have this this uh community women's hockey community and the founding four podcast wants to be a part of that community so make sure you let people know and if you think the show is terrible I can take it. Let me know what you're thinking. Doesn't mean I'll necessarily agree with you, but let's have a conversation. And again, if you want to hear something, let me know. So on that note, again, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I hope that you share this. I hope that you are engaging with me on the social meets on social media, but particularly Twitter. You can also catch me on Twitch TV in the comments. And uh, Sunday. Sunday I will be on the broadcast on the Connecticut Whale broadcast so I will if I don't catch you then I'll catch you on the next episode of the founding four podcast until then adios